listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Should, should I scream, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> how about, no, I won't try to be Jimmy Johnson, but man, oh, man, if there's any rule in sports media in the modern era, there's probably the rule of, hey, if LeBron can be talked about, talk about LeBron. And if the Cowboys can be talked about, talk about the Cowboys. Well, this is probably going to be the day that Dallas gets discussed more than any day in the preseason. The premier of Hard Knocks, and by all accounts, Hard Knocks does not help a team win. It's a distraction. But Jerry Jones, give him that camera, man. He likes Super Bowls, but he likes that camera even more, I think. Yeah, and it'll be a familiar sight later on tonight, 10 Eastern time on HBO. It is the premiere of this season's edition of Hard Knocks, and it does feature the Dallas Cowboys as they get ready for the 2021 season. You know, I love, and I've said this probably a dozen times, I love the fact that we at Fox Sports Radio have a live news update, that we have professionals who scour the internet, scour Twitter, looking for the important stories, and they're presented in a simplistic way. Now, when I say simplistic, I mean that's an advantage. If you're in the car, the kids are talking, whatever else is going on, you want to say, hey, oh, tonight's the premiere of Harden. Okay, and Dak, Dak's thrown? Good, good. There's no way that you can get nuanced in a 30-second, 40-second news read. And I think what the FSR team does exceptionally well is they simplify it in a accurate way. But what we know is in the age of aggregation in media, so what's aggregation? It means that most media companies are not looking to originate and break stories. That's too you got to have a Woj and a Schefter. It's it's just too much money to pay those guys. Hey, let Schefter break the story, and we'll aggregate it and get our own clicks, our own listens out of it. Well, most aggregators are in college, or they're barely out of college, or they ain't too smart. And what you see is a lot of headlines that kind of repeat the party line, that whatever the source of the info wanted to spread gets spread. And right now what's getting spread is Dak is throwing today. Okay, he must be moving forward. His injury concerns must be modest. Maybe they are non-existent. You know why? Because I saw it on the headlines. I heard it. Is Dak's throwing today? I'm going to pose the following. Today was a disaster if you like Dallas. 
Now, why would it be a disaster? Is it just the alliteration of the Ds? Maybe that's part of it. But I think the valid part of it is that if Dak were even close to 100%, would he be off to the side, tossing the ball like Joe Montana could? And I don't mean Joe Montana in 1988. I mean Joe Montana today could have done what Dak did today. And if that's a sign of Dak being better, when in truth, if there's any elite quarterback that needs time actually practicing, wouldn't it be the guy that has played five games in the last 20 months? In the last 20 months, Dak Prescott has played five games. He needs practice time. He needs game time. And they got a big game coming up week one. They don't start slow at Tampa. So I'll start with you, AJ, considering how much time Dak needs actually practicing, considering that Jerry Jones, a master of PR, understands today's a day Dallas is going to be talked about. Let's put a deception out there. Let's let's have Dak limp out. Well, maybe not limp. He'll ha- come out twisting his shoulder. Maybe he is limping. I don't know. He's not practicing. And have him throw to an Amari Cooper who's not practicing either. Two injured players tossing on the sidelines. That ends up being the lead. And I get it. I'm not saying it's anyone's job to dig into it except ours. We're the ones that try at least. And my point would be this is a bad sign because he's doing so little. And this feels like something for the aggregators because they don't want to say, oh, Dallas didn't want it said. Oh, and for the 10th straight day, Dak didn't practice. AJ. Yeah, if we're thinking that Dak was going to come into this season 100%, clearly that's not the case. And the leg injury, you can be concerned about that to whatever extent you want. When you see him today on the field, he's wearing shorts and both his legs are pretty heavily wrapped. But now it's a shoulder injury that we're talking about. And the way he's throwing the ball, it, it literally looks like the way I would throw to my nine-year-old kid at the park. Like to make sure he, you know, he's, it's not going to hit him in the face and hurt him. Omari Cooper's not even wearing a helmet. I, I mean, this is about as slow motion as you can get. So the, you can say the fact that they're doing something is a positive, but sure does feel like it, it tells me that they're a lot further away from actually competing than what I thought. We had reports, it's in the media, that the Cowboys have went to the Texas Rangers baseball team that some of their medical staff trying to see, hey, what's going on with Dak's shoulder? If for the first time I've ever heard of, you got a NFL team going to pitching experts to say, hey, what's happening here? Ooh, that seems bad. I mean, I just think Tommy John. I think Again, it's pure speculation, but it doesn't feel like you go to the Texas Rangers baseball team if it's nothing. Same question to you, Jonas. The headlines look sound good. How concerned are you? Uh, I'm a little concerned just from the standpoint of based on what they said before this injury or whatever you want to call it happened was that, oh, no, we plan to play him in the preseason. Mike McCarthy said out loud, I want to play him in the preseason. Dak Prescott said himself, I want to play in the preseason. Well, you already missed one preseason game. Now you've got the next one coming up uh, this Friday against the Cardinals. I, I would venture to guess he's probably not playing in that one based on the video footage we saw earlier th- earlier today. That's a best bet right there. Yeah, and, and so we're already missing half of our preseason games as you get ready for a season that's now less than a month away. I, I just, I, at the very least, not an ideal situation at all for Dallas or Dak. The sports batters cut through the BS. We tried to provide you with that information in the most authentic way 
possible, the most authentic way in media. We are straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The betting market has spoken. Now, liquidity, what does that mean? Liquidity means how much is being bet, how much can be bet, how, uh, what's the ability of this market to take big bets? Well, liquidity is massive for week one NFL. Well, week one NFL, yesterday, Dallas was six and a half point underdog against Tampa Bay opening game. They are now seven point underdogs. In the NFL, the most key number is three, but not far behind is seven. So they were saying, the betters, the the professionals, the syndicates, give us all we can eat at Tampa minus six and a half. Until it went to seven everywhere. Then they said, "Mm, we're we're full, we're happy, but we got a lot of six and a half in our pockets. Now, six and a half has been out there for what, two months since they've announced the schedule? Why did it just go up to seven now? It feels like this is the betting market saying we might not be sure of what uncertainty is being generated here, but there is increased uncertainty on Dallas's performance. What could it be? Dak might miss game one. I don't think that's likely. If he did, the line would go way up. It would be much more than seven. But the chance of it might have been, what, 2% before? and Maybe now it's 10%. So that is value to Tampa. The increased chance that Dak might miss. Also... Dak might be behind in his progress. Like we said, he's played five games in 20 months. If he's only able to play one preseason game, if he's only able to practice about half the time between now and week one, that hurts Dak's prospects in week one. And if there's ever a time that what we're seeing now, if it's not a catastrophe, if Dak isn't out for the season, which is very unlikely but possible, week one is where he's going to be affected the most. If his arm's still less than 100%, if he doesn't have the proper practice time. Week one is when that would happen and have the biggest effect. And week one is where the pros are betting against Dallas. So Dallas is being looked at by the professionals. They're looking at Dak and this sideshow and the tossing like Joe Montana at age 70. And they're saying, we don't buy it. Give us Tampa minus six and a half. That is unequivocally true. We are straight out of Vegas. Now, if you actually look at the over-under yards, The only quarterback in the NFL that's expected to throw for more yards than Dak, the only quarterback, is Patrick Mahomes. Right now, Dak Prescott is projected to have the second most yards this season, if you look at his over-under. So this is a quarterback that we can debate. Is he sixth, seventh, eighth best quarterback in the league? But he throws the ball. Obviously, Zeke has been mm, not quite his twinkle-toed self the last year or two since Cabo. It's not a running team. You look at the offensive line, it used to be one of the top five in the league. I mean, Dak might be, and AJ, let me ask you, is Dak maybe the third, fourth most valuable quarterback? We can debate that some quarterbacks are better, but wouldn't the Rams just be, if the Rams lose Stafford, it would be a, a big blow. But would it be as big a blow as Dallas without Dak? We saw last year this defense was bottom of the league. Now they're changing defensive coordinators. They're going to a different scheme. That net net might be a good thing. And last year Nolan was horrible. But changing to a different scheme usually takes about half a year. 
And you say, well, they could run the ball. Well, the O-line average probably now. And now you've got running backs that are not elite. Isn't Dak, you know, maybe behind Mahomes, behind Brady? I mean, is he, where's he ranked to you as a valuable quarterbacks? I put him right at the top. He's got to be right near the top, mostly because, well, and you, you've got to consider who the backup is. And we talked last week before the Hall of Fame game, the Cowboys have really nothing behind him, nothing that should be playing in the NFL. Dominic DiNucci. Yeah, and then you, you you mentioned it. They've got a bad defense. They've got a, a poor running game. They're not considered to be very well coached. These are all things that you have to factor in. How do you replace that piece? And none of those things really point to saying, oh, this would be an easy transition. And we really saw it last year when they were without him. They went from a team that looked like they were you know, headed to, to winning the division to, to not being competitive all, all season. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think after maybe Mahomes and, and, and possibly Aaron Rodgers, you could throw in that mix as well. Maybe Maybe Russell Wilson. There's not anybody who's definitively more valuable to their team than Dak Prescott. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to make the following case. There's one quarterback that you can rely on to play Super Bowl level. That's it, one. His name, Patrick Mahomes. Every other quarterback, and we're going to start with Jonas, that you want to pick, I am going to shoot a hole through him so fast, metaphorically, and it's going to be, yeah, you know, you're right. And I'm not saying it's for sure they won't be a Super Bowl level. I'm saying there's a real question mark. Jonas, who would be the second quarterback on your list of certain to be Super Bowl caliber? Meaning that I believe that they can win a Super Bowl this upcoming season. That they that there's nothing that says here's why they can't. So let's let's make it simple. Tom Brady is he's going to be he's 44. Yeah. Now there's a chance that you, that that's fine that he'll be the one person in history that can be 44 and play like that. But I'm saying that's a big old question mark. So let's set aside Tom Brady. And say, who do you have the highest certainty of? Uh, I would say Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And I would make the following case. Five of the last six seasons, Aaron Rodgers has not been even close to elite. And now a lot of people are going to do a double take at that. They're going to say, really? If you just look at QBR, if you, whatever you want to look at, last season Aaron Rodgers had one of the best seasons in the history of the NFL at quarterback. In the prior five, he was not elite in any one season even. So if five of the last six years a quarterback isn't elite, I'm not sure why we should think he's going to be elite this year. Last year felt like an aberration. What was the aberration? Is they drafted a quarterback. I'm mad. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm mad. So I'm going to get in great shape, and I'm going to show him. It's going to be the FU tour. Okay, well, he did it. Congratulations. To me, that's an indictment. If you could do that with it was just effort, then, man, why haven't you done it the last five years? And, oh, by the way, this offseason felt like less effort than any offseason I've seen from a quarterback. In Hawaii, golfing, Jeopardy. Uh, I think down year for Aaron Rodgers is a reasonable 
perspective. How about you, AJ? Mine's probably Russell Wilson. I would make the following case. The second half of last season, which is the most recent eight games, is the worst eight-game stretch of Russell Wilson's career. Would you agree with that? It's it's up there, certainly. Well, I want you to tell me the. I mean, it's more than up there. It's the worst eight game stretch. But let's accept it is is at least tied for the worst eight game sure. stretch. So if I would say the now listen, Aaron Rodgers, his recent time was the best time. So I agree with Jonas that if there's any time that you're going to say is the most important one year, I would say it's last year. So. Uh, on one hand, that's pro Aaron Rodgers, but if five of the last six years haven't been great, I think it's fair to say maybe the five years trumps the one year. And I also think with Russell Wilson, all those years of good performance trumps the half year. But if there's, uh, we're not, we're saying there's a big old question mark. Russell Wilson had his worst half season, the last half season. It's the most recent. Is that him physically breaking down? Is that the scheme getting figured out? Is that I don't know what? But, man, we know statistically he started the year with MVP talk. He ended the year as, I don't even know what to say, an average quarterback the last eight games? Well, maybe – Okay. He was maybe average the last eight games, but he did. I mean, he's he had well, his listen, career there's high gonna QBR. A, there's going to be a counterpoint to all these quarterbacks because I'm letting you have every quarterback but one. Patrick Mahomes, there's no counterpoint. There's no way to say here's why he's not going to be Super Bowl quality. Nothing. But to say that Russell Wilson was an average quarterback for the last half of the, the most recent season feels like a pretty big question mark. I know Certainly. he had good years before that. Your thoughts? My thoughts are that even despite the last eight games, the season overall, he, it was the best QBR season he's had in his career. I still feel like Russell Wilson put together a fine season overall, despite some uh, some oh, lackluster that's games. That's not the debate. The that's the reason you took him third. Okay. Like, me, meaning, if I take Patrick Mahomes first and Jonas takes Aaron Rodgers second, we kind of set Tom Brady aside because we did him quickly. Let's say Brady's in the top three. You had the fourth pick. So obviously we... you pick someone that's good. I'm saying don't you agree that if you're wor- – in fact, it's, it's a rhetorical question. If your <laughs> most recent eight games is your worst eight games, that's a question mark. We are yes. straight out of Vegas. Jonas, pick next. Um, I would go – oh, so we're doing almost like a fantasy draft. Yeah, um, I, I'm just I would... <laughs> Shoot him down. Okay. Um, let me, geez, let me think about Josh it. Josh Allen? Going. Um, oh, geez. Uh, I would say, yeah, I'll go Josh Allen. Okay. Josh Allen, it's the same argument as Aaron Rodgers, but even worse because he never had a, a prior time, meaning his first two years, Josh Allen was average or worse. In fact, and this was a shocker, we were debating it, and it was like, how's Josh Allen's second year compared to Daniel Jones? And it was like, well, Daniel Jones had a much better second year. It wasn't even close. It's like, really? It's like, there were questions about Josh Allen literally making or or having the job after his third year. If he played like he did in his second year, he played amazing. It, It was maybe the biggest jump we've ever seen between year two and three. I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. But if you say this quarterback has had one year, of good performance and two years of average or worse, but we're certain he's going to be good this year. It just doesn't work. I think there's more uncertainty than people want to realize with Josh Allen. AJ, pick next. Oh, you're forcing me into some bad stuff now. 
I mean, let's Deshaun Watson. I think on the field, <laughs> there's no questions. I think off the field, there's gigantic questions. And actually, Deshaun Watson would probably be my second pick on the field. He never had a bad year. Last year was his best year. But now off the field, huge question marks. I guess maybe if I'm going with a guy who hasn't shown any question marks, maybe it's Justin Herbert. Okay. And now we're back to one year. And you're right. I'd rather a guy – I actually think Herbert has a better chance than Allen to have a good year. Because if you have three years and only one of them's good, and it's the most recent, okay, that's one thing. If you're one of one, that's better. But it's like Herbert, but it's still one year only. And then if you want to extend back and say his college years, many of them were disappointments. I think that's fair. So Herbert maybe might be second or third on this list, which is crazy. But I think you picked a good one. But I'm not sure if you can say we got one year of data. And there's one other piece. Herbert excelled under pressure. If you look at PFF, he had an amazing, like, you can't believe how good performance went under pressure. Statistically, when you're under pressure, that varies year to year. There's more noise in it, as PFF calls it, and stats guys do. So Herbert was amazing in an area that doesn't usually stay consistent. Actually, Carson Wentz is another quarterback. The, the vaunted almost MVP year, he was amazing under pressure. He's never repeated that. I think with Herbert, there's some real questions, specifically because it's just one year, but also because of the fact that the thing that differentiated him doesn't stay steady. 